Hi, everybody, and welcome back to yet another cracking edition of the Map Round Show. This is the Secrets of Fail series, where we are talking to successful CEOs and entrepreneurs all about their epic business failures and everything they learned in the process of experiencing them. And with us in the hot seat today is none other than Mitchell Rice. He is the CEO of the Commercial Capital Company. Mitchell, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Matt. Cool, brother. So look, let's get into the elevator pitch. Uh, what exactly are you guys up to over there at uh, the Commercial Capital Company? So we are, we're a family-owned equipment finance company. We're out of Kansas City. Um, we provide financing for all types of equipment, for all types of businesses, everything from agricultural to construction, office equipment, you name it. So we've we've been around 40, 40 plus years. My my father founded the company. Uh, I've been here twenty two years now, and yeah, we've been growing pretty rapidly the last last couple of years. It's been been a fun ride. So who are your clients typically? So our typical client, well, we've got kind of two types of clients. One is a, a vendor that sells a certain type of asset that usually is finance. So say, say forklifts. So we partner with uh, the people that might sell forklifts or construction equipment, trucks, trailers, you name it. And uh, we, we are basically their finance department where we offer the finance options on their product for their customers. So, so then on the other hand, we have all the customers that we finance. Those are our clients too, that we, we service. Very, very cool. And congrats on a business that's been around for 45 years. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, cool, bad. So look, let's get into the meat and the potatoes of this episode. What is your epic story of fail for our audience around the world today, Mitch? Well, as every other entrepreneur knows and, and anybody that's running a business, there's countless. Um, some are more impactful than others. And, and you know, I, it, ours no, is a no-brainer. Uh, 2008, when, when that recession hit in 2008, that, uh, that pretty much had us on the ropes. I mean, we were, we were, it was, uh, it was rough. I mean, we had, we had a lot of bank obligations. Um, we had a, uh, a big portfolio of, of, of our, our leases that our customers couldn't, couldn't fulfill. We had equipment all across the United States that, that we were repossessing remarketing. I mean, it was, it was, it was, a it was a, a very difficult time for mm. sure. Yeah. I can imagine, right. Uh, no yeah. one's borrowing, no one's paying. It's like, that's, yeah. your, that's your whole yeah, business. That was, that was the, it was kind of a double whammy. We didn't, we didn't, no one was borrowing anything. So we really had limited revenue um, and tremendous amount of expense. So it was, it was a, that was a tough one. Nasty. So what actually transpired? I mean, how do you survive a, an epic crisis like that? Well, I mean, it, I, I would say, uh, we had to get pretty creative. Um, we had to first, first of all, we had to manage our, our bank relationships. We had to hit it, hit it head on. Um, that was the only way, I mean, we had to communicate daily with our bank partners just to, keep them at bay. And then simultaneously, we, it was all hands on deck, sending things out for repo, tracking our equipment. We had just locating half the stuff because I mean, we had a tremendous amount of people just walk away from their their businesses because they, they had failed. Uh, 
we'd got get calls daily with equipment that was scattered throughout the United States and, and just trying to stay sane handling that. But man, yeah, I, I would say communicating was the biggest thing with our banks. That's the only thing that really kept them from probably foreclosing on, on, on our portfolio and trying to handle it all themselves is, is they, we had their trust because we were, we were 100% upfront and honest with them and, and worked, worked it and they knew it and they didn't want to step in and do it. So they figured we were, we were their best bet to handle it and collect it and repo it, resell it, move on. Mm -hmm. So when you think about that whole 2008 period, uh, Mitchell, what stands out for you as a kind of a key lesson that you now take forward with you in your business today? Right. So I, I'd say transparency, especially with your bank. I mean, not we right now, now I, I consider our bank partners, uh, they're our advisors almost. I mean, we, we lean on them for, for advice. We, uh, they know the good, the bad, the ugly. And I think it makes everything, everybody more comfortable because I know every business has issues. And if you discuss them openly with, with your, your partners, whether that's your banks or, or, or anybody, uh, there's a confidence they have when you address them, you know, it, you're aware of it. Uh, but yeah, hitting, hitting your problems head on that, that's, that was the biggest thing. And it, it was hard for me. My father who, who founded commercial capital, that was probably the biggest thing I've learned from him was, was he was aggressive in, in working out the problems where I, I probably, I, I don't know. I don't know how I would have responded if it was me 100% in the hot seat at that time, but he, he hit it head on. I mean, we did what we had to do and, and that was, it would have been easy to avoid some things or, or not have some tough conversations, but we were, we, we, we did it. We did what we had to do. Mm. My, uh, my dad once said to me, he said, you can tell the success of a man or the success of a man is directly proportionate to the amounts of difficult conversations he's had in his life. Yep. <clears throat> That's fact. <laughs> it's true, right? I mean, 100%. And, yes. And, you know, I think to your point, I think banks want they want to re recover their their assets, right? And yeah. when things are going south, they're looking for people who are going, okay, we, we we want to help you to resolve this issue. You can trust us. And 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 I and what I'm hearing yeah. is and what my sense is is that when you come out the other side, the the strength of that banking relationship is way, way, way improved than it was prior oh. to, you know, the event itself. Yeah, yeah. One for sure. I mean even even today, you know, that that we still work with with pretty much every bank that we went through the through the, the fire with. So now we really have their trust. Um, mm. We really have their trust. So so that that's been that's been, you know, good for me, especially now as we really we've really, really started to grow the last couple of years and, and having their trust now, um, especially going into an unknown economic, you know, situation the next year could could have a recession. Things could get tight banks you know we all know banking right now is a little a little uh a little uh problematic so mm, tell me about it <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> so uh so mitch if you could get into the matt brown show time machine and kind of go back to yourself uh, you know in 2008 and all the, right. the proverbial shit was hitting the fan uh-huh you know what what would you do differently and why 
That's 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 a that's an easy one. So it, in like the lead up to 2008, everything was I mean, it was it was it was relatively easy. Like there was just a money was loose. Um, loans were easy to get. I mean, we saw it with the mortgage um, meltdown. Right. I mean, they were you could get a mortgage even if you didn't deserve it. So it was a sim- similar situation with us where we had a portfolio of borrowers that weren't credit worthy, that might've had a little money down that, and going back, I I would, I would love to tell myself, Hey, you know what you're good at? Focus on that. Do as much of that as you can. You don't need to worry about all the, all the other stuff. So if we could have just gone back and just focused on, you know, our small ticket equipment finance deals in the Midwest, uh, we would have been much better off, but we got away from what we did best because it was easy. It, I think, I think probably, probably greed came in, greed factored in, into the equation because, uh, you know, like I said, it was kind of easy money for a while, and and nothing's really easy. If it's too, if it's too easy, something something's gonna give, right? And <laughs> it, it gave. <laughs> This is so true, brother. It's so yeah. true. So, Mitch, what's your advice to other CEOs in terms of you know the importance of failing or failure and becoming successful as a leader and as a business? Right. So, like I said, focusing on what you do best and just being laser focused on that. And how how can you do more of that? Um, but back to what you were saying, I mean, like, I think I think there's purpose on on all of our pain, whether that's personally or professionally. I mean, there's always good things that come out of it. Like I looking back, I wouldn't take it back. I wouldn't take back what, what we went through in 08. Like I said, it's, it has really strengthened the bonds with our banking relationships where, I mean, that there now it's, uh, you know, we're the largest customer at a lot of the banks that we were on the, the short list for back then. So, uh, hitting your problems head on that, that, like I said, that was the the lesson I learned from all of that. Um, I think Ed, uh, a, a mentor of mine, Ed Milet, he, he said, uh, I think he, he said um, a, a flawed plan executed with, with certainty and a lot of action is much better than a perfect plan uh, executed with limited action. Mm-hmm. So, just make up your mind and and do it. Get after it, basically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mitchell, what about books, tools, and resources that you recommend? Um, books. Right now, I'm reading Profit First. Um, I think that's a that's a good read for any business owner. Uh, Sorry, that that that's that's my go to right now. Yeah, I've had uh, I've had Mitchell. Uh, Mitch Mike Mikhailovich on my show. Uh, oh, have you? Okay. Book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been on the yeah. show a couple of times. I've got a wasp in the studio. Holy <laughs> 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 shit. I'm like, what is that thing on my neck? That's no oh, good, that's dude. Good. No, that's not good. <laughs> that's never a good way to conduct a podcast. <laughs> no, man. That's, <laughs> that's like that's screaming in pain in minutes, you know? Where do they come from? Anyway, that's a fail. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. Oh, that's so that, weird. and also, I would, I would say, you know, surround yourself with uh, as many like-minded people as you can. If you're really looking to grow your business, 
surround yourself with people that have done it, that are on the same journey as you, that that think the same. Because um, it that energy you can't you can't that it really you can really feed off their energy, and that's that's really what I've tried to do the last mm-hmm. couple of years. Yeah, that's uh, there's another saying. If you if you hang outside a barbershop long enough, pretty soon you're going to get a haircut. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, look, uh, Mitch, thanks so much for being on the series, brother. Appreciate you. And and you know, any business that survives two thousand eight is the kind of business that's going to be around in twenty eighty. You know, because yep. that was uh, right. if you can survive those times, you can survive pretty much anything. Yep. I I feel you on that. Yes. Awesome stuff. Thanks, Matt. Thanks again, brother. Everybody else, we'll see you again soon. Ciao. Got it.